So up next on the You Ain't or Nothing Yet podcast, we have a very well-traveled woman from Germany to Zambia, Norway to the Caribbean. This woman has been about and has played all over the world. She has played at EP recently and the next morning was on a plane jetting off to go and um, play a gig for some king or prince in Germany. Yes, very fancy indeed. She recently released her debut EP Places and is here to tell us all about it. Laura, Laura Joe Music, Laura Callahan. She goes by many names. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Not a problem at all. Um, would you just like to just tell us, you know, who you are and uh, what do you do yourself? Um, well, my name is Laura Joe Laura Callahan, as you say, Laura Josephine without the E, and uh, I come from Longford, so from the Midlands. And I have been a musician since leaving school and full-time musician and COVID kind of changed. So I am actually now a student. So I'm a student and I side hustle music currently, but hopefully I can side hustle college. <laughs> <laughs> the, the struggle is real, says you. Uh, the struggle is real. Yeah, it is very much real, but I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best to balance both worlds. Fair plenty, fair plenty. What are you doing in uni, uh, by the way? I am studying mechanical engineering, so I'm doing my master's, integrated master's at the moment. So, mm. yeah. Very much over my head, Sean. What do you think? Oh, uh, in, in orbit above me. But, <laughs> but two very different paths, keeping the options open. Yeah, yeah. Keeping my options very, very widely open. I suppose music is quite mathematical. That's my only kind of point, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Well, I suppose, look, where did your love of music come from? You know, when did you start playing or... Sort of, was it a particular instrument or a sound or a musician? Were you the age now and it only happened last year? Were you a child? What was the situation? Um, I grew up with quite a musical family. Both sides of my family were very musical. So my mother's side of the family were the show band era. And my dad's side of the family was traditional music. So Kaylee bands and flas. So then when it got passed down to us, uh, two generations down, both my parents were singers so we started kind of doing the standard folk choirs and mass and then moved on to learning classical piano from the age of 11 or 12 and progressed then on through to learn the banjo because it was an awful lot easier to carry around the piano (laughs) and then eventually when I was about 16 took up the guitar and when I was 21 I eventually decided you know what I'll start singing as well because it might be a bit handy so that was actually the last one that came to the table. I was doing it on the side, but not in a shower kind of uh, sense. <laughs> I was singing, but I eventually went public when I was 21. <laughs> so, yeah. Would you not destroy the guitar if you took it into the shower with you to sing? Yeah, yeah. This very bad warp in the neck wood doesn't deal well <laughs> on an engineering point of view with the uh, steam. So, yeah. <laughs> and I suppose, like you were saying, you, like, you have loads of instruments under your belt. Um, but where did your influence is come from in terms of music like you know is it there are certain songs you like to play or by certain artists or is it just a mix or sort of you know other than you were saying about your you know your family played music and you know you started off playing in mass but what were your musical influences or even what are your musical influences now or have they developed so i suppose when the classical when I had classical piano, I was introduced to a few Irish tunes on the piano and entered the flat when I was 11. And I seen the general flat and the vibe and Ooh, you could go to mm-hmm. and it was just absolutely eye-opening to think that, oh, wow, there's a world outside of our little lessons that we do every week. Mm. So I actually came home and asked my parents, can I learn electric guitar? Don't know why. And they bought me a banjo. So I was handed <laughs> a DVD of Jerry O'Connor and a banjo and I learned the banjo. 
But in Longford, we used to have, it's called the Longford Banjo Festival, Johnny Keena Banjo Festival, and we right. were brought in. And we seen, seen, I didn't know who they were at the time, but Bella Fleck is one of the highest acclaimed five-string banjo players in the world. And by chance, I seen him. And I just was mesmerized by generally that genre of bluegrass, folk music, country music. And um, I suppose through that then, and my parents are both folk singers, so... I had John Denver's and the Eagles and Cat Stevens on repeat at home and Eva Cassidy. So from that, it kind of took hold with either the folk route or the American folk route. Can you trace that through your own music, do you think? I think I can. Um, it's more, it's not as Irish as I thought it was going to be. I initially went into the studio thinking I was going to be really paired back and be just myself on a guitar. And then as I went through it, there was a grand piano by chance in the corner. I had a very talented cello player, uh, Caitlin Culver House, one of my friends. And it took a very classical kind of sound, but mm-hmm. turned into quite of a Nora Jonesy sound, which was kind of funny because she would have listened to Eva Cassidy. So I suppose it's kind of picking from that side more so. Mm-hmm. Um there's a folk twang in my voice, but I think I actually took quite a different route to what I would normally say gig or people would know me for singing in a bar or on a stage normally. Okay. Okay. And in terms of gigs, um, what would you say, what was your first ever gig, whether that's an official one or in a kitchen somewhere or at your granny's house, what was your first ever gig you can recall? Uh, first ever gig was with my sister, who was a piano accordion player, and my dad at a concert in Milltown in Westmead that was ran by Mick Foster. I'm sure you might be, uh, I'm sure you may know of Foster and Alan. Nice. <laughs> so Mick Foster would be a, is a very good family friend of ours. And he got me up there with my sister and dad when I was about 12 on a stage in Milltown in a little hall, community centre. <laughs> Can you remember, did you have any nerves or was it one of those like just like a child dragged onto the stage? You're doing it, you're doing it right now. Um, I, yeah, I used to be very nervous on stage, like, especially, I don't know, I used to find it very nerve wracking, but eventually I found, I found Flaz way more nerve wracking than I found, say, being on a stage, which is kind of funny, but no, initially I, I absolutely, oh, I'm after remembering something here, actually, I remember the first time I had a song, a song, was actually when I was eight or nine, that's why I stopped singing, no, sorry, I'm after remembering this, I don't know if you want to <laughs> change anything with that question, but, uh, Scorn an Oak um, when I was eight or nine had to sing Danny Boy Forgot My Words ran off the stage crying oh. was brought up by my hand to, after all the set dancers and the whole competition was done to sing it again with some <laughs> random person holding my hand so that was actually my first concert well there you go I think I blocked block that out of my memory for <laughs> some reason <laughs> repressed it hasn't happened since repressed memory yeah no we've been all good since I was just wondering, do you now does that person still follow you about? You, know, you put them in your boot um every time you go for a gig, and just in case it ever happens again, they're there to walk you. <laughs> yeah, I remember having to sing Danny Boy in a very professional capacity on a cruise ship to a theater of about 2,000 people, and I'd never sung it since. And I was in the back of my head, it was little eight year old Laura, like, do not forget the second verse. <laughs> <laughs> um, funny you mentioned the cruise ships there. You've gigged all over the world. Um, do you want to tell us some like some of the places or maybe do you have a favorite place that you gigged at? Because like I said, you've you're a very well traveled woman. Like I've been very lucky to never had to really put my hand in my pocket for a flight, which is a very rare statement, but I've been very grateful for pre-COVID and the gig scene 
um, at land and at sea. Um, I suppose the most traveling I did was at sea with cruise ships because you're ever changing your venue or mm. uh, your ports. So I'd say my favorite place would have been Alaska um, and New Zealand. I can see where an awful lot of people don't come home. New Zealand is stunning. It is very, very nice. It is okay. just an ever so slightly prettier version of Ireland. But then Alaska is just yet again stunning and just that animals and the nature and birds and bears and it's just crazy i thought it was fantastic forgive my ignorance when it comes to geography was alaska not very cold alaska weirdly yes alaska actually i got sunstroke in alaska (laughs) alaska has a small slither alongside vancouver alongside canada and then it goes up to the left and it has a big massive snow mass so there was Mm. glaciers there was snow but when you come to the more Canadian side of Alaska, it is very hot during the summer. Right. Best of both. Best of both worlds, is right. Mm-hmm. Great gin distilleries. That's one thing I have to say. Yeah, brilliant <laughs> gin distilleries. Brilliant brew- breweries as well. It's fantastic. <laughs> and do you have, like, you know, everybody, musicians who are on the road constantly have these wild stories but parties long into the night and... And, you know, great sessions or, you know, racking hotel rooms, throwing TVs out windows or, um, you know, going skinny dipping in the middle of the night. I don't know, like, I'm not a musician, nor am I that interesting. Have you any have you any stories you're allowed to disclose and, and let everybody know about or anything wild or wonderful that happened? Other than the time I met you in Liston Varney and you took me to a haunted house. <laughs> um, I remember it was my first ever tour. I was only 18. I was. And we were out in Germany and one of the Irish dancers on the show decided they would rob the full grown taxidermy stuffed bear from the reception we brought <laughs> to our, up to our room. And there was all pictures. We had loads of pictures and everyone got a turn to be on the bear. And eventually the party got shut down by security and the bear got removed back to the uh, general foyer. But that's definitely one of those, yeah, crazy, just madness. Did you name the bear? Um, I don't think we did. I, uh, uh, I may not have been a, f- a full uh, mental capacity. <laughs> I just remember a bear being dragged up the stairs and up a couple of lifts, and it was robbed from us, basically. Yeah, stolen. <laughs> stolen. Yeah, take it from yeah. us. It was our this bear is... keep. And today you're launching the campaign to get that goddamn bear back. Yeah. Yeah, I still still have heartbreak over it. <laughs> So you played far and wide, stone bears, all such things, haunted houses apparently. Uh, but more recently, you played electric picnic. How did that go? Yes, more closer to home. Electric picnic was. I was ecstatic. If you met me at electric picnic, my cheeks. I was smiling ear to ear. I just thought it was fantastic. I'd never been to a festival ever other than Stenthal in Limavady, but I Ooh. had never experienced a festival outside of say Irish music. So. It was fantastic to see the different kind of mind and body section to the general main stage, which is all I thought existed. I was very naive, but it was fantastic music. I was there with a band called Billowood. They're from Ballina and County Mayo. And um, we did a hour slot on the word stage. So it was just an amazing experience uh, to get to see that and to be able to put that on the CV to say, finally, the bucket list. We've played an EP. Mm-hmm. and then you were on a flight the next day yeah we left EP 
at midnight to make a flight to be in Dublin airport for three o'clock in the morning to then land into Frankfurt to play in Bethfeld Saturday, Sunday night to come home Monday to go straight to college. It was a fantastic weekend, I have to say. Nice, nice. Life on the road and life life as, an, as, a, as a student, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that, man. I don't know. Got the uni, missed the whole, like, you know, jet setting around. Don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I think, really? I, think, I think it's part of the engineering and ah, involving. That must be what it is. Yeah. yeah. It's an extra module. Ah, it's in the fine print. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember Sean, me and you ever jumping on any planes. I think the furthest we got was maybe the student union. Um, and yeah. uh, you know, a few a few bars around Belfast. You know, it was at that house in Carrick Fergus one time. I was really ahead of it. Yeah, mm, it's not as glamorous. <laughs> no, mm. but I'd say it's cheaper than Frankfurt. Ah, <laughs> uh, but that that the, the comes with a price, those dangers, I think, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And tell us this, you mentioned earlier about um, working, you sort of starting on the cruise ships. Were you singing on your own or were you in a band or were you playing a company or what was the crack there? With the cruise ships, I actually told quite a fib, which happens an awful lot in music. You kind of have to pretend <laughs> and fake it till you make it. So I had only started singing a couple of months. I had 30 songs to my name. I got asked, how many songs do you have? Do you have about 300? I was like, yeah, 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 no bother. Yeah, I've, I've 300 songs. I an iPad in front of me. But I got my first flight out, went for three weeks as a trial and went on my own as a soloist. So it's solo gigs and came back and got offered then more contracts. So then I did nearly two years. So I did nearly two years from 2018, 2019. I think it was about three or three weeks I was only at home. Um, but I loved it. But then I also know when you, like anything else, you get to a point where, okay, I've, I've done that part now where I'm ready to come home and do something yeah. different. Yeah, but it was fantastic. I have to say there was so much cruise ship definitely showed me the most of the world and nationalities and just pushed me to my limit with learning songs and having, you have the same passengers for six to seven to 14 days. Mm. So you have to have a lot of songs and a lot of repertoires. No, but I'll tell you. I don't think I could name 300 songs. Oh, like I've sat and tried. Like, let alone learn them. Tanya, fake till you make it. It's great. Mm, absolutely. I, was, I was actually I was actually learning 10 songs every day as the ship went on. If somebody requests a song, I'd have it for them the next day or the day after. And that'll be another song. So I slowly came home. I actually had about six or 700 songs on my iPad. Not off my heart, but yeah. that I had I had sung once or twice at least. Fair fucks, fair fucks. But the most important song you've presumably been playing and learned and all sorts of things recently is your new debut single, Places. Um, can you chat to us about it? What is it about? So yes, places places came about. I'd say nearly four years ago. I have been kind of fearful of entering a songwriter, singer songwriter kind of path. I found it quite exposing as a person. Personally, obviously, you're talking about your own self and your own feelings, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Opening the diary to the world of judgment. So it was kind of a fearful path that I've postponed, but. Covid yet again was another reason to why wouldn't I eventually put it out. So I wrote the song, woke up one night, was singing it, woke up singing it at two or three in the morning, wrote it on a guitar a couple of minutes. Sadly, this never happened since, which is quite frustrating. <laughs> then you believe every song should be that quick. But um, I wrote it very fast um, and it sat, has sat in my journal for a few years. 
but it's about I lost my dad sadly 2014 quite suddenly so it's actually about finding out about his passing um which I actually was never told I found out through physical means of actually seeing than uh, being told so it's just kind of a step by step through that I know people are like that's the you're actually the first uh, guys to ask me that and um, people think it's about heartbreak or about the end of an era but I, what it was in heartbreak and it was the end of an era but mm. just in a different sense it wasn't in mm-hmm. a say a partner sense it was in a parental sense so mm. that's what it's actually about I definitely when I listened to it for the, the very first time I listened to it when it was released there a few weeks ago I got the this feeling of like separation or something, you know, and the, like the longing to get something back. Because mm-hmm. it literally, if you go verse through verse, it's like the first verse is about a phone call was given to my sister and we were brought off. And the next one's about actually physically seeing my dad and the ground opening up from under me. I fainted. So like when, when you listen to the chorus, it's let me down slowly and fall into my knees. Life can change in hours. It's difficult to give in. You know, it's, it's, that's literally what happened. Genuinely fainted and somebody had to catch me. And the last line in the bridge is about let this black hole beneath me just fade, which was, mm. I actually seen a black hole underneath me. And it was just, will you just consume me? It, this is an awful lot easier if I could just go down here and be blacked out for a moment. But it, it was obviously a very tough time. And that's why I was so hesitant to release this as my first song. Um, but I'm very grateful and very appreciative of the positive responses received. I thought it was quite morbid, but but people relate to songs so differently. Like mm. I never have told people that story and everyone thinks it's for heartbreak or everyone somewhat has a tinge of goosebumps for their own personal reasons, which I think is what music is about, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you think going forward, when like if you approach, like as a songwriter, do you approach it? Obviously you said that song sort of came formed in a way. Do you think it is? Is it that sort of the approach it as a personal reflection in general? Do you think writing music, or is it that song something different, or is it different for different pieces of music? Um, see, I actually have in the making another single. Um, fingers crossed, could be released in the next while. Ooh. Um, I'm working on videos and different things like that, and trying to. T- it's a big learning curve, the songwriting industry, and people don't realize even the fact of registering music and royalties and Imro and there's so much to it and social media is a full-time job and mm. the lead up and radio stations and emails it's full-time so I've learned learned that with this single and hopefully my next single I can learn more visual video aspect pushing more in that area but the, the next song is yet again it's a personal endeavor it's it's uh personal experience of growing up and conforming to society so that's my next song the next few are a bit more positive which is kind of mad so I've obviously developed over the last few years but mm-hmm. I do think I do think songs are about personal your own personal experiences and your look on the world some people do say set out a topic and they want to write about a certain topic yeah. I'm kind of more so I'll get the melody first get a kind of a sense of phrases around it and then put words to it and then write the story do you know so that's kind of how I work well just and then, sorry Sean I just want to speak for the two of us here and say if there is any actors needed for upcoming music videos both myself and Sean collectively and singly will put our names forward amazing and a invoice will be zero <laughs> or yeah. what well, is like, your I, fee <laughs> I assume I assume these videos will be filmed 
filmed in Alaska <laughs> or Germany or somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> student rates, guys. Student rates. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> uh, and kind of in relation to your point in social media, um, and a, but also a question about faces. What is where did the the I guess the single art, which is also at the minute your profile picture on your social media, is the like peeking out of the wrapping? What is what was the thought process? <laughs> 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 it was really much only for Laura couldn't afford a photographer so Perfect. I had a camera at home <laughs> DIY and uh, I was quoted distorted prices for just my budget it wasn't that they were distorted the quotes it was that I just couldn't afford it mm. and uh, plainly and simply and I just started googling different albums that I listened to and trying to see like do you know what maybe that's not that hair done so I went out with a tripod, all dressed up very lovely, in the Midlands, in Longford, in the <laughs> forest, running around taking photographs of myself on a timer. And then I literally felt like the biggest notion going. And then I came home, got a piece of card, ripped a hole in it, held it up against the door, took a photograph and just edited different layers behind it. So that's just like, it, there was no real thought process on what I wanted to look like. I even took pictures of myself in a bath of balloons they will never ever <laughs> ever ever reach anyone's eyes oh laura I Unpe- well, would it not suit those more upbeat songs maybe you're like maybe maybe it's about balloons <laughs> uh, i'll release it yeah when i'm like yeah laura's got a million streams never so that means i'll never release the video so yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry that the photograph me in a bath of balloons anyway you know god, god loves a trial yeah <laughs> Well, look, before we get on to um, a quick fire round that we do with everybody that comes on to the show, you mentioned that you have a few things down the line. Is there more singles on the way than an EP or will the singles all be in an EP or is it an album or are you just like, where are we at here at the moment? What what can people um, be excited that's coming down the line for? So there is 100% a single on the way. It's recorded. It's ready to go. I'm just working on the next aspect, which is video. So mm-hmm. that is what's up next the time frame is hopefully the start of next year and then hopefully then I can spend either this summer or the following summer recording my EP Mm -hmm. obviously education gets in the way Mm. I'm into my final two years of this master's so I'll have less time than I had this time around so either in the next year or two I'll have a full EP but there's definitely a single in the cards next year to be released it's ready to go Deadly stuff, deadly stuff. Well, look, like I said, before we get you to rhyme off where you're playing next and what's down the line, we do a quick fire questions with everybody that comes on the show and we ask them um, sort of, you know, wild, weird and wonderful things about them to, you know, to let us know a little bit more about you and whoever is listening, let them know a little bit more about the artist. So um, the first question we ask, if you're a drink, alcohol or otherwise, what would you be? Now, Sean, again, what would I be? Jack would be a pint of Guinness. Because he's an acquired taste and people pretend they like him. It's fine. You can admit <laughs> you pretend you like him. <laughs> um, it's my turn, is it? It's your oh, turn. Yeah. It Here's could be alcohol in. or otherwise. It could be anything. We've we've had people say milk. We've had people say rabina. We've had people say to you know shots like tequila or beers, wines, whatever. Um, oh God, mojito. Because uh, oh, because uh, I'm sugary yet spicy. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, numero dos. If you had a superpower, what would it be and what would you do with said superpower? Um, time travel, because the price of diesel is distorted at the minute. 
Android and stuff like Galway for Kings is just no that I can just cut. It's like just not spend the three hours on the road and uh, just get there from A to B and sense. I have to drive. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I thought you were going back to when diesel was cheaper. Just no, e- no, yeah, oh, that too. Yes, that, that is a way smarter reason. Yeah. <laughs> so the next question is: um, If you were a crisp sandwich, what would you be? What would be the bread? What would be the crisp? Would there be butter on it? Would there be sauces? Would it be crisps on its own? Would there be other things in there with the crisps? What the flavor, the brand? Let us know. Let's get inside your crisp sandwich recipe. Uh, it would have to be hunky doys sandwich on gluten-free bread because I should probably be a good girl and have gluten-free bread right. but if I'm going to be really bold I'll have white pack of baker bread sticking to my granard outside granard roots okay. so fresh is famous so fresh it's awfully famous and hunky doys yeah sorry that's just going to have to be what flavour end up. oh butter sorry sour cream bit of butter okay. the thinnest little piece of butter um, number four if you can go on a date with anyone living or dead who would it be and what would you do so it could be dinner it could be fucking bowling it could be crisp sandwiches and it could be like a dinner date Kim, doesn't it be romantic Kim, yeah it doesn't be, be like, romantic really but it can be at the same time like, you know um, in a musical sense I would absolutely love to go on a date with Elton John I just think he's the coolest person ever oh I'm and sorry people, to break a I just what? I'm John's gay. I'm, yeah, but this in a in a business yeah, yeah. sharing knowledge set. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I, I could do it. I could do a bit Britannic, and I could do it uh, some outfit outfit advice. He's just an absolute madman and uber talented in writing songs. So very good. And the final question. Is if I had a magic ball here in front of me now and I could say, Laura Joe Music, Laura, where if there was a venue that I could put you in, who where would that venue be anywhere in the world? Um, would you be playing on your own and who'd you be playing with or what would be the situation? So magic ball here in front of me. The magic ball is saying Red Rocks Amphitheater. It is in Denver, Colorado, and it is a naturally carved out of literally the rocks, which are in red colour, which doesn't give it away from the name of the place. <laughs> but it is a, it's a tiered amphitheatre um, and carved out of stone and some of the highest amazing musicians have performed there. I've been there in a tour, tourist sense, got my sticker and stood on the stage while they were trying to set up for the next band, but it is just one of those bucket list kind of places for a lot of musicians. So that would be where and with who maybe my old band someday whenever I get a full band um, but that would be definitely that's on that's on a vision board somewhere definitely <laughs> brilliant stuff well I mean you know when that happens um, I hope that me and Sean have front row seat tickets without yes. sitting beside Alton and <laughs> you, you will, you'll be getting autographs from your partaking in the video as well so yeah, of course course of course of course <laughs> um so look before we say good luck to you tell us where you're playing next you're i know you gig a lot in dublin and all across ireland you know what are your gigs you do every week is there anything big or small coming up let us know um so i am playing in dublin this week with my regular gigs but then i'm also playing at the Busto folk festival in italy on saturday Woo. So I'm flying out 
after my gigs on Friday in Dublin City Centre out to Italy for Saturday night back Sunday night college Monday morning so yeah Sean the life and times of an international music star I know it's not easy (laughs) it probably Um, isn't actually is it I'm saying that you know you said it like (laughs) right but it probably is actually quite difficult Um, I live off Lucasade sport and ca- caffeine, literally, and sugary sweets. So, something, something. Fair play. And like Laura, do you mind just telling us your, your, you know, your, you know, the way you do like specific gigs every week? Do you want to tell us about those and let anybody know who's in and about the place might be able to want to go to them? Yeah. So every Wednesday, I play in the Landmark, which is on top top of Camden Street, and it is on the corner there. I play there every Wednesday from eight thirty to eleven pm. And then every Friday, I'm currently playing in Devitts, also on Camden Street, from 10.15 to 1.15 a.m. on Fridays. This Friday, in particular, I'm actually playing in the Badass Cafe from half eight till about half twelve for a change of scenery with um, another singer, guitar player. So I'll be playing there this Friday for a change. So nice. you can catch it on any of my social media. I constantly kind of update if I am changing gig venues or whatever mm. gigs are going. So... Keep an eye over on Orjo Music and you can see what I'm at. And very briefly, speaking of the socials, where can people find and listen to your music? Where can they find you online? So I am on all streaming platforms currently with my new debut single places. So Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Desert, all those fancy ones. And also then on social media uh, standpoint, I'm on mainly Instagram and mainly Facebook. So I'm down with Orjo Music on both of them platforms. Perfect. So give us give us a little follow and a little like. Of course, of course. Well, look, Laura, thank you very, very much for coming on. Of course, go and like and share and listen to Laura's music on all her socials. And of course, go and like and share us. Yana, you ain't heard nothing yet on Facebook, Instagram and all such places. Laura, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you very much, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.